1: Episode 308, Frugal Side Hustle, virtual assistant with Chatoria Smith. Welcome to the Frugal Friends podcast, where you'll learn to save money, save money.
0: embrace simplicity, embrace and live a richer life. Live life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill.
1: Mm -hmm. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today is a special episode for a few reasons. Super special. First, we have the wonderful Shatoria Smith on here to talk about virtual assisting, not like from somebody who's hawking a $2,000 course and says that this is the solution to all of your problems and you'll never be sad again. Um, but <laughs> we, we don't make those kind of promises. No, we don't. She has a full-time job and she's successfully side hustling as a virtual assistant with three young kids three kids under 5 and planning a wedding and she's amazing. So that is the first and main reason why this is a special episode. The second reason is that if you are listening to this on the day it airs, it is my birthday.
2: Happy birthday. No, no, no. To...
1: Get that get that out of here. <laughs> the third <laughs> is that this is actually my last episode <sighs> just for 3 weeks.
2: So <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> There's just so many, uh, you're like taking me to a peak just to drop me Jill, on an Jill asshole. was like, "What? This is
1: your last episode? We didn't <laughs> talk about this." Oh. So uh, for the next three weeks, Jill's going to have surprise
2: guest co-hosts. Ooh, I did it before when Jen gave birth mm-hmm. the first time around. Here we are again. It's old hat, folks. Yeah, I wanted but to stay it's be through exciting. stay through to my birthday episode.
1: Mm-hmm. That was my
2: goal. Aww. and here we are. Here we
0: are.
1: Yeah, so. There are many reasons that today's episode is special,
2: but and those are just some of them. (laughs) It's special too because I'm still here. This is Jill to tell you (laughs) about our other sponsor, Virtually Impossible. Here to challenge that assumption, Virtually Impossible is really just saying there's a chance. So whether you want that virtual assistant job or you want to become debt-free, just know it is possible and to prove it's possible to become debt-free at least, check out season one of Debt Free Stories on YouTube. We've got 10 interviews with listeners just like you who've taken the principles we talk about on the show and used them to pay off over $800,000 of debt combined, like collectively between the 10 interviews. It represents $800,000 of debt, which is amazing. So head to youtube.com slash frugalfriends to figure out how they did it. Be in Inspired, make the most of frugality and just do it. It's not virtually impossible. It's virtually
1: possible.
2: Virtually possible, which actually kind of seems like that implies impossible. Just adding virtually means like, um, there's a chance. There's
1: a chance. And there's a chance that you could make money as a virtual assistant or VA, as we'll call it a lot. For those of you who are unfamiliar with what a VA is, it is a assistant in some sort. It offers some kind of service virtually. So a lot of the time that's just like inbox management or data transfer or customer service. So like tasks that a business owner can do but doesn't want to do, they'll hire a virtual assistant and they'll start very general And you can get more and more niche as you progress as a business, as you progress as an assistant, when you find what you like to do. So there are virtual assistants for everything. Proofreading, editing, graphic design, which is a little different than a graphic designer, like light graphic design. There's for podcasting, you could just work with podcasters. You could just work with YouTubers. You can just work with bloggers. Um, you can just work with authors, like self-published authors. So there are so many niches and then so many niches within the niches <laughs> that there are a lot of opportunities with virtual assisting. And we're very excited to talk about those with Shatoria. But If you are looking for a side hustle and maybe you listen to this episode and it's not 100% for you, we do this series every other month. So we have a lot of other options for you. So we've got episode 278, where we talk about uh, Salesforce. 257, we talk about how to get into freelance writing. Episode 242, we talk about selling digital products online, obviously. So we do have quite a few options
2: for you. uh, And this is just another one on the list. I love this series that we're doing. And here we are with Shatoria, who's going to talk to us about being a virtual assistant. She is the creator of Coin Countin Mama, a blog that focuses on family, finance, and her journey towards debt freedom. So she is just a fellow frugal friend. She is. Shatoria has a bachelor's degree in accounting and an MBA in finance, just crushing it. And now she's teaching women how to become a virtual assistant so they can start making money from the comforts of their own home and as you'll learn as a side hustle too it doesn't have to be your main hustle so here's shatoria
1: shatoria thank you so much for joining us on the frugal friends podcast we are excited to talk about how people can make money as a virtual assistant.
2: Thanks so much for being here. We we've, we've been talking about side hustles and all different types of side hustles. And I think this one will be really interesting and accessible
3: to a lot of our listeners. So thanks for
2: being here, Shatoria.
3: Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And I want to be able to be a resource for a lot of women and some men too who are interested in learning about virtual assisting.
1: Awesome. Well, let's dive in. So What are some of the services a virtual assistant can offer and which of those are really in demand today?
3: So virtual assistants can offer a wide array of services from creating Google Word documents, transcribing podcasts, virtual bookkeeping, light graphic design in Canva, Copywriting, blog editing, swapping out just images on blogs, proofreading. There's so many avenues that you can go down, but I think people tend to assume like, oh, I don't have the experience so I can't do it. And what I try to relate to people is you just have to be resourceful and use the skills that you acquired, whether it was in school or if you volunteer for any charitable organizations, nonprofit, or even at church, if you typed up meeting minutes or if you typed emails, like the sky's the limit. But a lot of VA tasks that I see that are on demand are administrative, because you have business owners, they're like, I can do it, but I just don't have the time to do it, such as customer service, responding to emails, following up with leads, or even outreach, reaching out to brands or podcasts that you want to work with. So that's one area that I've seen high demand.
2: It sounds like a wide array of skill set, but not super complicated skills, something like you said you may have done in another role, maybe peripherally or was a part of it. Of the things that you listed off, would you say it's usually kind of a, a massive combination of all of those things? Or do you find like someone could really get into like a niche and only transcribe podcasts or is it usually a smattering?
3: It could be both. I think it depends on like the niche, depending if you want to go that route or if you just want to be a general VA and say, well, I can do these five tasks and it doesn't matter if I work with content creators or attorneys or um, nutritionists, like I can offer those services to whomever I decide to reach out to or vice versa if they decide to reach out to me. So it can work both ways.
1: Yeah, I feel so like that was what you just said was like the first thing we hired out for the podcast is responding to emails, customer service, like our inbox just like got out of control. And then also some of the light graphic design. So like pictures in blog posts or Mm -hmm. like Pinterest images. That was a while ago. right? But yeah, Mm -hmm. so that's exactly what that was our first hire. And then we started hiring more specific roles. So like we have Goldie, shout out to Goldie. Uh, (laughs) She's great. She's like our podcast manager. And she's like, specific for podcasts she works with podcasters just in podcasts um and so we obviously like pay her more because she knows exactly like what when i ask her to do something she knows exactly why i'm asking her to do it she doesn't need me to explain why it's important so yeah like we that's the experience that we've had as people people hiring va's
2: are people, mm-hmm. when they do hire, are they generally, is this like a subcontractor position? Are, do you, are, do you see many companies who are hiring virtual assistants as an employee? Like, what are, what do you see in the space?
3: So it's more of a subcontractor mm-hmm. type of position. Now, there are some, like, for instance, I work with an accountant doing virtual bookkeeping for her and she's, her business has grown like at a rapid pace and although I still have my full-time job she was looking for somebody who could come abo- come on board as a senior accountant in her business so she did have an opportunity for someone to become full-time in her business but she still has those subcontracting opportunities for those of us who just want to work an extra 20 or 30 hours a month.
2: And I really love the flexibility and and varying degrees of skill set and you know virtual assistant. I'm we're kind of assuming everyone knows what we mean by this, but like not going into an office, being able to work from mm-hmm. home, working primarily from the computer. How much could someone as a beginner virtual assistant expect to make? Like this sounds really great, but is there is there money in it especially for a beginner? And then income trajectory from there. What are you what are you seeing?
3: Absolutely. So I personally believe that an entry-level virtual assistant should start at $20 or $25 an hour, no less than that. Um, and it also depends on the skill set or that they're the service that they're offering to a potential client. So Let's use the bookkeeping for an example. If you're going in and you're doing a lot of analyzing reports and pulling in data and interpreting what these reports mean, and you have that accounting background, I would assume or hope you would make a little more than $25 an hour. Whereas if it's somebody who says, well, you know, like I'll use myself. Yeah, I have the financial background, but I was often tasked at work to create a lot of SOPs and forms and emails and things of that nature. But I never looked at myself as a secretary or someone with that administrative background, like that experience. So when I took on a task, they were like, "Oh, well, we can offer you twenty dollars an hour to meet." Okay, you know, because I probably would have came in much lower than that but looking at the amount of work that I had to do and you also have to do like education because there's some platforms you may not know how to use and so some business owners will teach you how to use it or they can say hey you know there is a site you can go to to learn how to use this xyz and once I ended up learning how to use a particular software and I felt that I mastered it then at that point, it's like, okay, it doesn't take me as long to do this task as it initially did. So I'm going to increase my rate. Or you may find that the demand is starting to grow for clients because I was telling someone yesterday that word of mouth referrals is huge. And so if you've worked with several clients and you've done an exceptionally great job working with those clients, they're gonna go ahead and refer you to someone else. And when you see that demand come in, it's like, hey, you know, what? let me bump my rate up, you know, to let people know like I, I provide this quality service and I want to get paid for this service as well. But there are a lot of entry level virtual assistants who have been able to quit their jobs like within the first six months because of the demand and the services that they have provided. So, there, and I like to tell people the opportunity is there. You just have to, in some cases, be patient. Everything's not going to fall in your lap immediately, but you will be surprised how quickly you can find that entry level position if you just market yourself, network, and just be confident in yourself and in your abilities.
2: What is a good way for someone? to be able to find some of these jobs? Like before the word of mouth gets out and you're just crushing it and everyone is reaching out and <laughs> telling their friends about you, like
3: how do you find those those first few jobs? Social media. I found a lot of mine, I'm um, not a lot, all of them on Instagram. Wow. And mm-hmm. I was finding accounts that, or in, in a sense, honestly, I just... Mm-hmm like stories and leave genuine comments like I I wasn't out there saying like oh hi because I'm sure you guys get people cold pitching in the dms leaving these eight paragraphs about what they can do and it's like I don't want to do that because if there's somebody who's a business owner and they have they don't really have that much time to sit here and read this thesis statement or this this research paper (laughs) Um, you know it's like I just want to like something so like Jen, if, if it was someone like, oh my gosh, when is the baby? To, you know, things like that. Or, mm-hmm. oh, my, I have a little boy. Like I find things in common and I'll just engage that way. And surprisingly, I've received a lot of clients that way just from genuine interaction. And I make sure it's somebody that has something in common with me or something that I can relate to. If there's something that I really can't relate to. I don't want to just put myself out there because that's going to be awkward for me to try to come up with a conversation that I really can't relate with that person, you know?
1: Amen. Mm -hmm. And as a business owner, that, that is what I want to see. I want to see the short responses and the, and the genuineness, because you're going to be working with this person, hopefully Mm -hmm. for years to come. So -hmm. you want to be able to relate to them. You want to like them and When you reach out, like... And my, fa- my favorite outreaches are when somebody like insults your work and says, oh, I can make it better. <laughs> yes. I love that. But like, so I know Sarcassive. when somebody, when I see somebody <laughs> respond genuinely with, with genuine insight, I know that's how they're going to reach out to other people when I ask them to outreach to get us on other podcasts or um, for a business partnership. I already know how they're going to outreach. And I like that because they've already put that thought, like, I know what they're thinking. And I'm like, I like the way you're thinking. I think that way. Mm -hmm. So exactly what you said, that's what I want to see in an outreach as a business owner.
3: Mm -hmm. For sure. And, And I tell people like, excuse me, you don't necessarily have to wait until someone put something in there on their stories or create a post to say like, oh, I'm hiring because they may in the back of their mind know like, oh, I do know at some point in time I'm gonna need to hire a copywriter or someone just to do the light graphic design. And if you've just been interacting that genuine interaction with them and then it's like, hey, let me go, this shatoria person, you know, she says things on my post. Let me see where she's going. What's going on on her page? Oh, she's a virtual assistant. Well, let me go through. Oh, I like that. You know, and then they'll say, "Hey, how can I learn more about your services?" It's always happened like that, mm-hmm. and so I just encourage like some of the newbies, like, "Hey, be genuine, leave." Genuine comments, like if there's a post that they like that you don't like, then don't like it. Like you don't, <laughs> yes. you
1: know. Yes, you don't want to work you know with people that? you don't like.
3: Authenticity, yes. engaging <laughs> exactly. in the world in an authentic way. What are we saying? I know, right? Oh my god, you know, it's like I'm sure the same thing. It's somebody will like. 50 posts, and then it's like they finally like, Yeah, I've been following you for years. No, you have not. Like, you just like <laughs> these 50 posts, and now you're dropping this in my DMs. Like, come on.
1: You're just emailing <laughs> me with the most recent episode I just did and saying you liked it and trying to get me to give you money. I love that one too. I love that. Yeah, I, everything you're saying, I love because, and I, I want to find somebody to hire before I actually put out a post that says I'm hiring, Mm -hmm. honestly. Mm -hmm. So yeah, don't wait for somebody. Don't look for hiring now posts. Be just pursuing the people you want to work with because even if they, and then put like, I know somebody's a VA, like if the VA is like at the end of their name or something or somewhere where I can see it in the DM before I go to the profile. And even if I don't need a VA at the second, I always know somebody else who's right. looking for one. Mm-hmm. And if I get good vibes, like I will, I'll say, oh, hey, I got good vibes from this person. I'm you know, mm-hmm. not sure about their work, but I got good vibes from them.
3: That's mm-hmm. so true. A friend of mine, we had a live yesterday and she was saying that she did the genuine interaction with a potential lead. And although there, she wasn't able to support her, they still kept They were still cordial between each other. And as a result of that, that potential lead was able to refer three clients to her because of that. So it's like you still don't want to burn bridges because you never know where that next opportunity can come from. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's really big because so many new virtual assistants are ambitious about how can I find clients? Like my emails or my my emails and my DMs, I swear I get so many of those a day, I can't even keep up with them. (laughs) But it's like, where can I find clients? And it's like, well, what service do you offer? You know, if I go look at your Instagram page and you call yourself a virtual assistant and I see kittens and puppies and I don't see anything else (laughs) that directs me to you being a virtual assistant, you know, it's kind of like, well, How can I learn more about you when the first point of contact I have is this this page and there's either something on there that's not even relevant or it's just blank and you follow like 200 people. It's like, how can I learn more about who you are? Or, you know, if someone, you have somebody reach out to you potentially and they're looking for someone to write blog posts and that's not what you do. You can't get upset and be like, I just want, you can't do that because that opportunity wasn't for you. But if somebody reached out, that's a good sign that you're doing something for them to reach out. And like you said, they may be able to refer you to somebody later. So, you know, just still be cordial, be yourself And not stress over the small things because there will be seasons when you don't have any leads or whatever. And then when that happens, just focus on what you can do on the back end of your business, you know, so that you don't have processes or things going on the back end that are just sitting there and they're stale. And then when you get a client, then it's like, oh, my God, oh, you know, things aren't working right. You can still be working on your business.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that.
2: If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just $15 a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial.
1: So how would somebody know if this would be a good fit for them? Because it sounds great. You're reaching out on social media. You're replying to emails. Like, great, great, great. How, is there anybody that this may not be like a good fit for? How do you know if it's a fit for you?
3: I feel like if you don't like being on the computer or I don't like social media, I don't, it's not for you, you know, that's why writing blogs, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, <laughs> it's a virtual position. So how can you not, Or I don't like going live or I don't like showing my face. Then it's not for you because you're going to have to at some point go live and go on zoom google meet or whatever platform there is out there if you're somebody who says like i don't want to learn something new it just seems like it's too much then it's not for you because in this space there's so many opp- learning opportunities available like that's the only way that you can grow and thrive in this position so if you're reluctant or hesitant to that then this isn't the space for you to be in you know Ooh. or if you want that typical nine to five structure and it's like, well, you know, my income isn't going to be consistent or this, then it's not for you, you know, but if you're okay with the inconsistencies, you know, then, hey, by all means, go for it. If you're, if you're open to meeting new people, learning about new businesses, you're resourceful, you're eager and you're ambitious, like I say, go for it.
2: What level of availability do you think someone would need to have in order to
3: pursue this? Oh, that's a good question. So I think it varies. Like for someone like me, anytime I work with someone, I let them know, hey, I'm still working a nine to five. So if you need me between these hours, I'm unavailable. Now, there may be instances where I have a lot of downtime and I'm working from home that day and I don't really have much to do at work, I may do something, but I won't let the client know that because if I send them an email, it's like, oh, Shatori is available. So I may do something on the back end and then the next day or that evening, I'll just go ahead and send things out saying, hey, I got this done, that done. So I think it varies upon your availability and the same thing, like I have the kids as well. And so... I try like like on Mondays. I don't really do much client work coming off of the weekend because I'm drained. My kids wear me out. So <laughs> it's like I don't want to take on, you know, a lot of things that are due on Monday. So I'll have like my discovery calls maybe on Tuesday. Or I'll have like a client call on a Thursday and I try to do them, you know, like about seven o'clock for me because that's a good time. Like my kids have eaten, they've they've had a bath and they're sitting in there watching, you know, Bluey or whatever it is they're looking at on the TV and I know I won't get interrupted. But I'll outline that with my clients when we're having a discovery call saying, hey, although I'm not full-time yet, this is the time frame that I work in. This is when you can expect to hear back from me. And I haven't had any pushback from that because I was upfront with the expectations or the boundaries that i set for myself. I found that when people aren't really forthcoming with that information and the client's like, hey, I haven't heard from so," then that's when you create, you've run into a problem, you know? So it's like, you gotta be upfront. And that's what really made virtual assisting appealing to me because I can still do this in addition to having my full-time job. And I don't feel burnt out or overworked because I've set those boundaries in place.
2: It does seem to be one of the benefits of ver- being a virtual assistant is a lot of times, of course, it depends on what jobs and clients you choose, but mm-hmm. they can be much more project based than mm-hmm. needing to constantly be responsive or on the computer right. at any given time. For Jen and I, with our business, you know, we're not in the same time zone as our VA and it works because because there's there's certain things that it, it's not time specific. It's a little bit more project based. So I think there can be flexibility and something mm-hmm. as you're saying that you can find if you're upfront about when you can be responding, what types of projects or tasks you can take on, and you know maybe you've you've got you set like a two day turnaround or a one week turnaround on the different things that are being asked of you, and that that mm-hmm. level of flexibility does seem to be really nice for people with the full time jobs Mm -hmm. for people with kids at home. Not easy. You're still doing Mm -hmm. work, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. some level of flexibility. But it
1: is encouraging to hear that you have a full-time job. You have three kids and you're still able to make money as a virtual assistant. It means that it's accessible for other people. Mm -hmm. And it's not like one of these, you know... Oh I have to be 9 to 5 full availability put my kids in daycare if I want mm-hmm. to succeed at this thing. No. Mm-hmm. As a beginner you don't have to do that. No. Um and not that's at all. what I think makes your story in this you know side hustle like so accessible
3: and i think us another point to consider is you you're doing things that you like to do like i enjoy doing the bookkeeping or other people might be like oh my god oh but i enjoy doing it so it it's easy for me to be like oh let me go show up and do do, do whatever I need to do and be done with it. Versus if there's something where it's like, yeah, I'll be a virtual bookkeeper. Oh yeah, I'm good at this. If you're good at it, but you don't like it, then don't even offer that as a service because Mm. you'll find yourself dreading showing up for it, Mm -hmm. which I always compare that to, corporate, you know, sometimes there's tasks and responsibilities that they give you in corporate that you just don't like, but you can't say you're not going to do it. So it's like, if I'm going to do this virtual assistant thing and and make money from it. I want to show up doing things that I like because that's going to spill over in the conversations that I have with people. It's going to spill over in the work that I produce for them versus showing up halfway and not doing something and you're not paying attention to the details and you're rushing to get it done, creating a lot of errors and mistakes. And it's just not It's not conducive, it's not healthy, and I just don't recommend it. So find something that you like to do. And I say that to say it's okay in the virtual assistant space to try something first. Like, oh, I think I like it, just try it out. And when you realize, you know what, Mm, this isn't for me, then you don't have to offer that as a service anymore. You could take it off of your service offerings and find something else that you like and then move from there. That's the beauty of it. Like try it. If you don't like it, then kick it to the curb and try something else. Mm.
2: Amen. So many good tips. And I think it's a helpful reminder that you are essentially running your own small business when you're working Mm -hmm. for yourself Mm -hmm. that way. When you are a subcontractor, you don't have to say yes to everything. You don't have to keep going. Going with one particular client or job that is not, that is really just draining and depleting you, you get to decide.
1: Yeah, yeah you don't have to be desperate, especially when you started as a side hustle, then right. you can find what you enjoy. And like you said at the beginning, it's the tasks are so versatile. The services are, are plenty. And I also, I know from experience of like working with so many people uh, that everybody is looking for somebody to do something mm-hmm. like that you mm-hmm. that you said, oh, yes. like everybody's looking for something. It is out there. The hardest part is finding those people. And I think the social media, Instagram, like nurturing relationships, I think that is the best way to do Absolutely. it. Um, there is, you know, like, If you're looking for some industries, you could get into LinkedIn, which is turning more into like business Instagram. But yes, I mean, same concept, even if you're going to go over there, um, this is those genuine relationships. So uh, last question, how about like training? Is there any way like that you can find training or find kind of resources to figure out what are these services I like offering and what are these services I don't want to offer? Stuff like that.
3: So there are different trainings out there like there are some virtual assistants who have like oh they have courses or ebooks or even like I created an ebook because I found that there were people who just didn't know how to get started like what's the first step what should I do and so I when I realized so many people were asking me that I created this ebook just to say, hey, these are the first steps you should take. This is what you should look at, X, Y, and Z. And I outlined it in a manner that wasn't confusing. I wanted it just to be straightforward and to the point because I've been victim of buying things and it's just like, this isn't even what I thought this was. Like, what is this? You know, and I didn't want my followers or my community to purchase a product and walk away from it and be just as confused as they were before they bought it. I just wanted to be straightforward and to the point. And that's what I did there. But there are a lot of other like virtual assistant mentors out there who started as virtual assistants and they found that, you know, in that initial step of getting started, people tend to get overwhelmed with things that kind of are irrelevant, like the website and the logo, like that doesn't matter. Like, go ahead, put yourself out there, create a simple logo, use a template in Canva for a logo. And then when you're at the point of evolving to the next step, then make that investment on that logo. But don't sweat that because you have people who have a good, who are able and capable of getting things done. And I would hate for somebody who's like brilliant if this one particular service offering get get hung up on the logo because that person may be able to help a business owner grow and scale to get to where they desire to be but if you get hung up on that logo you you won't be able to help that person get to that next step because you're worrying about something that's not really I don't think about the logo I might say oh that's cute but then I just move on like Mm -hmm. it doesn't really hold any weight for me it's like okay you know but develop the confidence, which is something that a lot of people lack. And I think it's just how we are brought up overall. You know, you're always imposter syndrome. Oh, hers just looks better than mine. Or, oh, you got to stop doing that and just be confident in yourself. And if you feel that way, stop following that person so you don't continue to feel that way. (laughs) Like follow accounts that motivate you and encourage you to want to get out there and work harder and try harder.
2: Mm, such good advice. So helpful. I feel like we've got the blueprint for oh gosh, beginning yes. here. Definitely
1: <laughs> linked to your ebook. And yeah, as you were talking, I okay. was like a testimony from a business owner holds way more weight for, for someone than a logo does. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. That, take that for what it is. Yeah. Yes. I don't look at, I looked maybe once, I, our VAs like had like a resume, an accessible resume on the internet, but like no website or anything, but somewhere where Mm -hmm. I could see testimonies and see if we were going to be a good fit. And that's Mm -hmm. what's more important.
2: Do you know what's super straightforward, always relevant? Plenty of testimonies on this one. Absolutely. Never need to question. The The Bill Bill of the (laughs) Week.
1: It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck Bills, Buffalo Bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Chatoria, every week we invite our guests, our listeners to share with us their Bill of the Week. And we have pointed out to you how vague the parameters are so we are excited to hear
3: yours now so this is exciting um i actually did this yesterday so i'm getting married in july of this year (gasps) yeah and i've been wedding dress shopping trying to be very budget conscious (laughs) like how much i spend Mm -hmm. and i found my dress and i paid for it in cash yesterday and so I'm so excited, you guys. Like, it's, I don't know, like, I just got chills yes. thinking about it. Like, you know, being able to walk in there, not have to use my credit card and pay in cash. Like, what? Like, who does that? Oh, my and, gosh. You know, so, yeah.
1: We both have really funny wedding dress stories. So we can totally get the, <laughs> we the wedding dress Bill. Oh, my
2: gosh. (laughs) Congratulations. Oh, my gosh. This is so exciting, Chatoria. I mean, that just an upcoming wedding is... Very awesome, and I'm sure there's so so much around that. But then the the thrill and accomplishment of being able to pay cash for yes what I estimate to be one of the most important things of the wedding day. Mm-hmm. I mean, who you're marrying? She didn't like, say that when she got married, but eventually day?
1: she thought of. She, now she thinks like, it.
2: Almost <laughs> anything else can go wrong as long mm-hmm. as you feel beautiful and in the dress good. that you're in and. To know you That's bought it. that thing, cold, hard cash. Mm. That's so yes. exciting.
3: Yes. Like, you know, normally in the past when you were making a big purchase like that, it's just like, ooh, okay. Oh, But I, I whipped my wallet like, mm. yes, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and, it, you know, I had a set of, target price in my head of what I want to spend. And so when I went dress shopping, I was just like, oh my God, you know, I watched Say Yes to the Dress like for years. So (laughs) in my head, it's like, oh, if I got to see something that's not really, and everything I found fell below my budget. So it was just like, maybe I just said like, this high price and these dresses aren't as high as I thought they were. I don't know, but I'm just so glad that I found one that fell below my budget and I could pay in cash. Like mm-hmm. I just want to like run around my house and jump up and down and do cartwheels because of that. Not
2: just not in the dress. Yeah. I'll oh, <laughs> wait, right. After the wedding. Yeah. Wait, wait. You can't. Wait. Oh. It's so amazing. If you all listening were able to buy your wedding dress or any other dress or just anything. Cold, hard cash. You don't mind paying that bill or you got a bill that, you know, really frustrated you or you are a person named Bill just living your life. Visit FrugalFriendsPodcast.com slash Bill. Leave us your bill. Talk about being Bill. You know the drill. M-O-N-E-Y.com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial.
0: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now it's time for
1: the Lightning Round. All right. For this week's lightning round, for this episode's lightning round. We will all answer this very vulnerable and this vulnerable question. This really gives insight to like who you are as a person. And you listening can judge us for yourselves. Question today is if you could be anyone in the world's virtual assistant, who would you want to VA for? And, Satoria, we will let you go first. You go first. I'm sure you had time to think of this.
3: (laughs) So if I could be the virtual assistant for anyone, it would have to be Oprah Winfrey. Ooh. ooh. Yes. Say more. Yeah. It's just like, she's like this boss girl mogul, like doing so much. It's like, I just want to be a part of that just to see how she's able to like, just keep everything afloat. Like everything she does just really intrigues me. So it's like, how can I just just sit on it sit in the chair next mm-hmm. to you and just just be a witness of that whole movement. Like like she's like a true like girl boss. So it's like yeah. I would love to be her VA.
1: I think you'd have to be call yourself a virtual gale. <laughs> 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 yeah right. I think right. that position should exist.
2: Uh, oh no, yeah. awesome! Um, I'm sure yeah. you'd crush it. Oh
1: my gosh. Yeah about oh, I, you? I would.
2: Yes. <laughs> show is, uh... That's a good one. <laughs> What about you, Jen?
1: So for me, it's any of my favorite Disney vloggers. Wow. So I
2: went really accessible Ooh. on this
1: one. So yeah, you
2: did. You're even, like, putting them in I the did. outline, put, like, so as if you want to call them out and, like, tell them. None of them that. listen,
1: I'm sure, because they're Disney vloggers. <laughs> they do not listen to frugal friends. <laughs> <laughs> you can be frugal and go to Disney. <laughs> you can. You absolutely can. Yes, you can. But I watch mm-hmm. these people's videos and... Well, maybe one of them. Okay. So, um I love specifically like run Disney vloggers, but also some just like regular Disney vloggers. So, um I love running and makeup. She's one of my favorites. Michael does Diz. And then Mammoth Club. Michael there. does Diz with the Z. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually had to look that up. I was like, is it with a Z or an S? And it is a Z. Wow. Um, so I am not cut out for being a virtual assistant. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so that'd be the only thing
2: that would make it worth it for yeah. you? <laughs> yes. If
1: I could just like, we could just like talk about Disney. And, um... And yeah, and hang out at Disney.
3: Wow. Ooh, that's a good one. I love yes. Disney.
2: Uh, yes. This one's an easy one for me because it is the same answer to also the question of your celebrity crush or who would you want to have dinner with? Or if you think you could be friends with someone who's a celebrity, like it's all the same person. And it's Jennifer Lawrence always hmm. and forever. I just think she'd be a blast. I would just I'd mostly wanna be a VA for her so I can watch how she moves through life.
1: I think you and are then, like Jennifer Lawrence. It.
2: You are very if I
1: yeah. I didn't know who you were gonna say, but it like makes total sense
2: to me. <laughs> yeah, her or Paul Rudd or both of them. I think I could juggle them at the same time. Yeah, if you're a contractor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Be like, I'm not available like at midnight because uh J Law, she needs me then in the middle of yeah. Yes. <laughs> You're Paul Rudd during the day, yes.
1: day and j law at night. Yes. I, mean, I, I think that'd think be a she perfect combo. of for my you. guidance.
2: Like that would be my virtual assistant role is just watching yes. her and maybe sometimes weighing <laughs> in and mostly laughing. <laughs> That's
1: amazing. I think these are really really good ones and I will
2: call them out though. Like I, for sure because I will leave this job for that job. I, I don't
1: under I believe you, you will leave me in a second for Jennifer Lawrence. And I'm not offended, but I and I, I, believe you. But I will do everything in my power to make sure she never contacts me. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh,
2: that sounds threatening.
1: Oh, Shatoria, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. If people want to find more from you, we will link the ebook, but where else can they find you and your wisdom?
3: They can find me on Instagram. I hang out there all the time. Morning, noon, sometimes at night, you know, but during the day, <laughs> not they mid-night. can find me. On, not midnight. No, I'm sleeping awesome. or, or for you. chasing Foundry. monsters from under the bed. But yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh,
1: well, we will definitely link to those. And thank you so much. This has been really, really good. Thanks for having me. This was fun. That was super accessible. I'm I'm so happy with how practical those tips were. I think if you wanted to be a VA, you could take what you have heard in this episode and have a really great starting
2: off point. I feel like she answered all of my questions so robustly. Unlike some of our other side hustle episodes where I've not had a total understanding of it. The, a virtual assistant is one of the ones that I feel as though I think I know what that is and what they mm-hmm. would do, but I feel like she rounded it out so much more and answered all of the things that I would want to know if it was something I was considering. So I'm I'm so thrilled about that. I I love this series, Thanks, Yeah. Shatoria.
1: Yeah. So just know that you don't have to be an entrepreneur or have your own business or do Whatever you don't want to do, you don't have to do. You can find what you are passionate about and what you enjoy doing it and dig into that, um, and still be profitable. Obviously, you, you know don't want to, what is it? Underwater basket weaving. Hopefully that's not your passion. They use that re- reference a lot. for th- funny, could, yeah. Just simply to say you kind of got to follow the money to an extent. Although um, they do say niche down and that is niche. That is niche. Yeah. yeah. I won't say anything is too niche, mm-hmm. but it does require having to breathe underwater. <laughs> I think so or hold your breath. Yeah. But thank you so much for listening. We hope you took something away from this. And if this isn't for you, I hope you listen to one of our other side hustle series episodes and maybe find something that is, or don't focus on it at all. Don't focus on a side hustle. Just do your main main gig. But thank you for listening. Many of you know, we have a membership for our listeners who are paying off debt, which is most of the people that are starting side hustles And so if that's you, we do monthly money challenges. We have accountability groups, book club, uh, and it's just a really fun place for people who may not have a lot of people in their physical life that get what they're trying to do or can help them in what they're trying to do. We bring everyone together virtually. And so we want to congratulate one of our members for a big win. This is from Corey. She says, since focusing on paying down my student loan in a year, which is about a 5K balance, I was able to watch my balance dramatically decrease, which helped me really find out what was important to me. It takes time to narrow down the things that matter with practice and patience. I now owe less than $500, and I have my final payment scheduled for March 2nd. I have created momentum to keep moving towards my next goal, and I've never been goal-oriented in the past. This process has really flipped a switch for me and helped in so many areas of my life. I am grateful for this opportunity because I thought I was going to have this debt for 10-plus years. I'm also grateful to friends who supported me and my decisions during this process. process because they understand it's temporary and not permanent. Thank you Frugal Friends Club for your support and encouragement during this process.
2: You all are the best. This is amazing, Corey. Well Mm. done. I love it when I hear stories of people who are thinking it's going to take me forever to pay off debt. And Mm -hmm. then they surprise themselves and they learn so much about themselves and they develop habits and behaviors that they can take with them past the debt payoff experience. And this just encapsulates all of that. I'm so thrilled that you experienced what you've experienced.
1: Yes. If this sounds like something you want to be saying, if you're trying to pay off debt or do a side hustle, then check out the Frugal Friends Club at frugalfriendspodcast.com slash clubs. We have courses, interviews, challenges, friends. So definitely something to check out. See you next time. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Sirianni. Jill, I think we need to expound on the wedding dress stories that mm. we kind of touched on. <laughs> Go for it, Chad. So, okay, yours is better than mine, so I'm going to start. I when I bought my wedding dress, I was not engaged yet.
2: Mm. Um, I was about that's right, right.
1: I was about two months away from being engaged, and I had known Travis.
2: Let's see, I had known Travis for four months. Did you buy it with him in mind? Well, yeah, obviously. Oh, okay. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> or you're just like someday this is gonna happen for me and I hope on no, the No, I size. went in with my
1: mom, all my friends. And and w- granted, we got engaged after dating or knowing each other for six months. So I and I bought the dress <laughs>
2: before we were engaged. That's amazing.
1: We got married with only knowing each other for eleven months. So we hadn't known each other for a full year. When we got married. Wow. Um, still going strong seven years later. Wow. Um, you didn't know what October Travis was like
2: until nope. you married
1: him. I met him in a November and I married him in an October. Wow. Yeah.
2: Never spent a Halloween. First Halloween. Married. First Halloween together. Yeah. Was That's it scary. So true. But, ch- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but OK, so the wedding dress, though. <laughs> I was between two dresses. (laughs) Yeah. Um, One was this beautiful mermaid covered in tiny, tiny pearls. Wow. And it was beautiful. And it was, uh, but I couldn't, couldn't dance in it. Were the pearls real? Probably not. Mm -hmm. Uh, The dress was $1,600 though. Wow. Which nobody would really bat an eye at now. Right. Um, But I didn't choose it because I couldn't dance well in it. But I found this other dress, flowy chiffon, had the kind of this Grecian top that was perfect for dancing in. Yes, and that one was hundred and fifty dollars. Yes, and I had a fifty dollar coupon. Oh <laughs> so yeah, it ended up being $100. and so so that's the dress I got. Not even because of the price; it was truly because Just I could dance loved. in it. Yeah, I found out when I was in my friend's wedding about six months later. I guess it had to have been four months later that we got the dresses for the wedding. When we went into David's bridal, I saw my dress in the bridesmaid rack. (laughs) So I realized when I was going to be a bridesmaid in my friend's wedding, that what I had done was I bought a bridesmaid's dress in white. Which is
2: just a beautiful hack. (laughs)
1: And it's a hack I give a lot of people now, but I
2: didn't know what I was doing when I did it. That's what you did. Um, so you were a frugal friend before you I was even a flicker in your mind. So true. I mean, this is before I started paying off debt, too. We hadn't even talked about it. You were all you were using coupons, hacking. I knew my core value
1: was not beauty. (laughs) You already knew it. It was boogie. So wow. that's where core values began for me. <laughs> <How laughs> Value-based spending.
2: Wow, Jen. Yeah, so I don't even know if we've got time for my story. Your story is just gold. You can, uh, no, you can paraphrase. We got time. Uh, okay. People have heard this if you listen to our wedding episodes, but if not, here you go. I was a young bride. <laughs> I was of age, but I was young, (laughs) (laughs) early, and I had no money, and I was looking for what type of style wedding dress do I want when Eric and I were talking serious, and I knew that the question was going to be coming soon, and I found this really beautiful dress online, and I loved it, and so then I started to look up, before you were even a flicker of a thought in my head, Jen, is there any way to get this style of dress less expensive? Does anyone make this kind of style? I don't know. I was Googling all types of stuff. And sure enough, this one website promised to be able to make this very dress at a fraction of the cost. It was going to be $100. And I thought to myself, that sounds perfect. And it sounds like me. A $100 dress? Yeah, let's go. And of course, you know, there were some people around me who tried to dissuade me and say that's a dress probably going to be made in China and there's no guarantee for $100 that it's going to be what you want. Then I lied to myself and everybody else and said, no, no, I'm going to try this thing. What's the worst that can happen? If it's not what I want, I will wear my sister's wedding dress like it fit me. I liked it enough. I was convinced they're going to make me exactly what I want. They're going to ship it to me. And if not, I'll wear my sister's. Well, it arrives weeks later. I mean, we're about a month out from the wedding and this dress arrives and it is nowhere near the picture. Nowhere near it. I wish we had a picture. We do. It's in our... um, is in the show notes show notes of that one episode where we did oh my like weddings yes. part it, was, it would have been weddings part one like or part one. two all right way back in the archives yeah I'm gonna you find can the see I think we have a picture of what I thought I was getting and a picture of what I actually got and it was only then that I realized I don't want to wear my sister's wedding dress I hate it <laughs> <laughs> Oh, which then sent me on a last minute scurry to find the wedding dress that I really did love. I ended up loving my dress, but bam, ended up dropping some cash on that. She's finding it. Save money on reception and honeymoon. Oh, no. I think it would have been the first. If you missed part one here, just click that. (laughs) we're here for it there it is yep it's in the show notes. wow okay
1: so this is episode six (laughs) episode six so I guess you probably have not
2: heard this story
1: before oh yeah that's different (laughs) and even your face (laughs) in the picture is so yeah you got to go back into the archives episode six on our show Show notes notes and you'll see the
2: pictures wow what
0: What a good story.
2: I always Mm -hmm. love hearing that one. Bye.
0: Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two.